0: Just remember that we are one nation under God, that's how we were founded. And what we want is for our nation to be under God, and that's simply saying we want to be under your authority, your sovereign hand. We think back with Israel, and they had the greatest setup as the people of Israel because they had God as their leader. And then they said, I want to be like the other countries and have our own king. What a slap to God's face. The king of kings, the Lord of lords, the head of your country, the head of your people, who you submit to. Man, what a privilege that was. And so you and I are to be encouraged to remember that we are to be a people under God first, and then obviously lifting up our nation before God. Amen? Amen. Amen. That's something that's so very important. So let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father, I just pray that you're blessed this message, pray you're just carry it to our hearts and help us to walk away with what you have for us to have and may you be lifted up in our hearts with praise and adoration and may we be fed through this spiritually as well for your glory and in your name Jesus we ask it, amen. So the title of the message today is The Exchange of Gods, The Exchange of Gods, kind of giving you a hint when they exchanged God for Saul right they, gave, they they had the best but they wanted something less and that that they thought the less was really the better which means their minds were getting a little twisted right a little perverted in the way they were thinking instead of real realizing and remembering what what God who God was and what he was doing so what's happening is they were shifting their mind to to evil shifting their mind to secularism, secularism. They are shifting their mind away from God. And that's the first thing that happens in a country in its downfall. That's the first thing that happens in our own walk with Jesus. That if we allow ourselves to look and say, oh, that looks better than God's way. And so we, we find ourselves falling from God's grace, from his presence, in bars with the closeness that we ought to have. So this week we celebrate, obviously, the 4th of July. We celebrate the passage of the Declaration of Independence by the Continental Congress on July 4th, 1776. We declared we were politically separated or independent from Great Britain. And by the way, let me just add before I move on to my notes that our country was established and is alive today because of the incredible providence of God's hand. I mean, if you read American history, you learn the odds were stacked ten times against the patriots. And God carried ordinary people, just ordinary farmers and workers with whatever they had to fight to have their country. And they put their faith in God. And they saw God work in miraculous ways. I don't know if this guy was related to me or not, but John Glover was part of the team that set up the transportation for George Washington to, to cross the Delaware, Delaware uh, River. And so they, 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 the, the, they, George Washington and them, were absolutely at a place of, um, if God doesn't do anything, we're sunk. And what did he do? On that cold, 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 cold night, he brought in a dense fog. The enemy couldn't see them go across, and they went, away, went across quietly. And some of these, I'm going to call them boats because I can't remember the name of them, they had horses on them. They had supplies on them. They were 16 feet long crafts that carried everything that the army needed. And so we think about that against you know, the, the British how they, how they went against the odds, but God was, God was determined to give us a nation that was built on him. Our fundamentals, our principles, our, our all, all that we are was built on the principles of God and his word and his structure. And God wanted to set up a counterpart, I believe. I believe America is a counterpart of a Gentile nation under God as Israel was under God. We can see all the similarities built on being under God, following God, then pushing God out and going our own way. Does that not mirror Israel? Absolutely. So it's the love of God for his people, Israel, and the nation, Israel, and it's the love of God for the people, the Gentiles in the world that we live in, us in particular in America. And so we declared we were politically Separated or independent from Great Britain, our U.S. Constitution became effective almost 13 years later in 1789. The freedoms we enjoy in America today originated in Judeo-Christian ideals that date back to long before the American Revolution. America was the first country in all of history that was deliberately formed to protect and promote religious freedom. That was a priority, religious freedom. America's history is unique in that our our founders designed a government to protect our God-given rights. Our three individual branches of government and founding documents were designed and written with God's principles as their foundation. And back then, for most Americans, our one true God, our creator, was the God of our nation. One nation under God. And, and I'd love to see our nation logically one nation under God again. And, and if we entertain the thought that, well, the odds are stacked too high. The, the, the probability is not there. You can say, that's right. Well, gee, the odds are stacked too high against the, the, the patriots of, of America. The the facts were there that everything was against them is greater than what they were in their ships and in their armies and in their tactics and their artillery and everything they could say the odds are strictly against us whenever the odds are greater than what we can uh, overcome the greater the opportunity for god to show his power and so i want to encourage you and myself too do not give up on god's sovereign hand on america Do not give up on praying to God and say, God, please raise up your people more. Please give a greater voice of boldness to your people. Please stir the hearts of our younger generation. Stir the hearts of your people. Stir the hearts to to come back to you. Please, Lord, convict the folly, the filthy, folly, craziness of the world that we live in that people will see that their ways are not accomplishing the good that they think. The wisdom they have is folly, it's foolishness, right? Where they consider that the things of God are foolishness in the eyes of the world. But God's way are holy, pure, just, and eternal. So we can trust God with that. Now, sadly, Americans have exchanged our one true God for all the false gods of the other nations. Okay, the exchange of gods. The exchange of gods. The same thing happened in Israel's history, as I noted before, but look at 2 Kings seventeen, fifteen through 16. And they rejected his statutes and his covenant that he had made with their fathers and his testimonies which he had testified against them. They followed idols, became idolaters, and went after the nations who were who were all around them, concerning whom the Lord had charged them that they should not do like them. So they left all the commandments of the Lord their God, made themselves a molded image in two calves, made a wooden image, and worshipped all the host of heaven, and served Baal. This Satan is the prince of the air of this world, but this is still God's world. God is the king. Satan has... has pervert it and, and uh, twist it, everything that he can that is right. And God's people have turned away from standing strong on God as they ought to. That's one of the reasons why we are where we are today. Because pulling God out of our nation, pulling out God out of the spotlight for all real practical purpose and daily life and faith and walk and practice is the downfall of America and that's why it's so important that you and I stand bold be bold be courageous be the people of God that God wants us to be that people will see going the other way opposing God only brings greater destruction in their lives and in our country and ultimately in the world that we live in so what do they do What did the Israelites do here? They left all the commandments of the Lord and went after idols, and went after idols. I'm gonna give you a little personal testimony. My granddaughter, I'm not gonna say who, which one, but my granddaughter came to Kathy and I and we were sitting at the table and we were talking about um, getting married and then having kids, because they brought it up. They mentioned it, which is interesting. And um, But they didn't say get married and had kids. They said have kids and then didn't get married. It about knocked me flat. And I had to say, well, you need to understand that God's way is that you get married first. Now, they haven't been taught that, but they've observed that. And so we need to make sure that it's clear to them that the ways of God are different from the world. And I've seen over years of ministry that people come to church with the worldly thinking of all the backwardness. We're, uh, I'm going to get on my soapbox. We're, we're live together first, we' have kids second, we're buy a house together, and then maybe we're getting married. Totally opposite of what God says. And that's the world. And so we have to make that distinction, even if it's not popular. And as a pastor, I have to make that stand as well. And sometimes it's awkward because I have people at church that are in that situation. But conviction comes from the Holy Spirit, not me. And truth is truth. It's not a lie. And what's right is right, and it is good. And it brings glory to God. And so they went after other idols, they went after the things that were opposing to God, the ways of the world, the prince of the air of this world, and all the wicked things that he teaches and tries to deceive people, they went after. And so as Americans and as Christians, we need to guard ourselves from yielding to the trickery of Satan or the deception of Satan that pulls us away from God. That can happen with our priorities in our lives. That can happen with how important is God? Is God truly the, the Lord of my life? Is God truly the head of my home? Is God truly my heart's passion? What we're passionate for, we can't get enough of. When we're passive about God, he's no longer passionate to you. And we need to understand that. We in the U.S. have done, done the same thing that we've read about Israel, and I mentioned it before. Um, and I want to I note, our most notable time of turning from the commandments of God. It started in the 1960s as far as concrete pulling away from God. When in 1962, the Supreme Court moved prayer from the schools, and then in 1963, the Supreme Court extended the ban on prayer to Bible reading and the recitation of the Lord's Prayer. So they took prayer out of school. They took the Bible out of prayer, uh, out of school, right? They took the Lord's Prayer out of school. They took the, the focus of God out of school. Until then, the Bible had always been a part of American public school system, right? Then another big turn from God's commandments came in 1980 when the Supreme Court ruled that it was no longer legal to display the Ten Commandments in public places. You know where they're getting that off from? It's too offensive. We've got we to gotta tone things down. We don't want to be offensive to others because that's, a, that's a, a subjective religious faith. No, it is a national faith. It is a national standard. It is our nation's foundation. It wasn't about offending people. It was about standing up for God and being God's people. And so Satan just convinced people, saying, hey, we're just going to pull this out. And like dummies, we thought, oh, and I say we, nation, thought this is a good idea because it's what's right. And it was pulling back our focus on God, it was pushing God out, and it it was robbing us of blessings that come from God. I heard it said, and I, I believe it to be true, that before all that was pulled out, Uh, Discipline within the classroom dealt with uh, maybe talking back or chewing gum, you know, but it wasn't like it is today. You know, gang fights, guns, drugs, I don't care what authority you are, you name it. And you could tell me better, those of you that have been in the system. And so the law that God gave Israel was a safeguard against the gods and the ways of paganism. Just like you and I are called to walk with God in righteousness. Not our righteousness, but in Christ's righteousness. Walking in step with him, in spirit with him. What what happens when our relationship is close with God is that there's a distinctive character that is in direct opposition to the way of the world. Put it another way. It is a distinctive reflection of the light of Christ and the darkness of the world. And it's not compatible. And so as a nation yielding to what God says made us a light in the country, America is still blessed by God as being the greatest nation in the world. And there is that factor of of, of faith that's still there. It's not gone. It's not annihilated. We're here. We're evidence and so many others. Another point I want to make is the very first of the Ten Commandments is you shall have no other gods before me. Satan whispers in your ear, well, you don't have a carved image in your house, and you don't have this or that that indicates you have an idol. But idols are anything that we count as more important than God. Now, here's the hard hitting fact. Even our families and our spouses are not to come before God. God first. And God will bless that. And then, like Israel, we have removed God's commandments and have opened the door for all other gods to walk in and take over. It's interesting. We move God out, and then what happens? Other things move in that are offensive to Christians and the things that are our national standards, religious standard in Christ. Giving you an example, and I don't have all the specifics, but years ago, I remember the um, there was a, a, a state building that had the big Bible out front, and they rolled it out, got it out of there. In Texas, I believe, there's one place that they rolled that Bible out and they replaced it with a statue of an image of a goat's head on a body holding a child on each side. Satan holding children on public grounds. And I can bring that up. It's, it, we've looked at it before, but I didn't think about it till just now. The point is, is that you move God out who's holy and just and pure and loving and faithful and wants the poorest blessings out on us. You're not just push them out, push them out but you've brought in idolatry and honoring wickedness. And it's not just that statue, what else is it? Look at the media today. Honoring wickedness and not righteousness. And so we have to realize that when when we as a nation push God out, there's gonna be something coming back in that's not gonna be good. So it's not just a matter of putting blinders on toward God. It's a matter of realizing when God is out, then there's an open door for worse things to come. We've tragically left our children unprotected by removing God's laws. If those laws and those things were not removed from our school system, it would make a difference because there are more, they are moral guidelines and it also establishes a righteous right respect for God. And when that's taken out, all's free to grab, if you understand what I'm saying. And Satan says, that's good, because you should be able to grab anything you want, even if it's wicked and it brings destruction to your life, to your family, to your nation, or even in the world. So we've tragically left our children unprotected by removing God's laws, and now they're being taught everything else. They are being taught about false gods. Jesus teaches a principle in Luke 11, 24 through 26. When an unclean spirit goes out of a man, he goes through dry places seeking rest finding and finding none. He says, I will return to my house from which I came. And when he comes, he finds it swept and put in order. Then he goes and takes with him seven other spirits more wicked than himself and may enter and dwell there. And the last state of that man is worse than the first. Now, this is a principle. The principle is that in this particular case, we see a man who had an evil spirit was cast out, but he didn't, he didn't make things right in his life with God, so the door was wide open for that spirit to go around and gather more spirit, demonic spirits to go back inside of him and made his life worse. Now, we think that's maybe myth, mystical or, or mythical or not real, but we wrestle against flesh and blood, not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers, of unseen things and darkness. However, I'm, not para- para- I'm paraphrasing that, but you know what I'm saying. Demonic activity, demonic possession, those things are real. And in this passage, that's what it's talking about. The one went out, but he didn't secure himself to be right with God, and so they just came back with more. The principle is that one was pushed out, but something else came in that was worse. And that's what the principle is that, that we're applying here. The principle is that an empty house is a dangerous thing, and America emptied itself of God, allowing terrible things to come in. It's time, even more than ever, and I'm sure that's a redundant statement from preachers around around our country, for Christians to be bolder, for Christians to stand. That when God prompts you to take a stand, instead of looking at the fear factor because Satan will throw it in that fast. Say, no, God is my strength, and God has called me to be a light and a salt. He's called me to represent him. No, I don't care if I'm afraid or not, because God is my strength, and you act upon that. Even if it's just a casual statement, or even it's just some sort of acknowledgement that says, this is wrong, and I, I, uh, I don't approve of it. It's a distinction because you don't approve of it because of God. And I told you that before about at the theater with the transgender commercial with the 14-year-old kid on the previews before the movie. I was irritated about that, so I went out and found the manager. And I talked to him, and he was really that big. I'm not kidding, he was a big dude. I said, well, that's probably seven foot. He wasn't that, but he was bigger than me. I was looking up at him. and. Uh, but you know what God did? After I explained to him what the situation was and I took offense to it, put out his arm he shook my hand and said, thank you. And I believe he was a Christian too, I should have asked him. But here's the thing, we've got to stand. We must have that courage. We must have that courage. So the principle is that, that an empty house is a dangerous thing, whether it be our own lives, If we leave ourselves open for Satan, believe me, her take advantage of it. We need to walk with a spiritual guard against the enemy, right? And we know the armor of God that God has given us. An empty house is a dangerous thing, and America emptied itself of God, allowing terrible things to come in. Instead of being open to God, we are wooed into being open to new ideas and ways and false gods. The world philosophies are always changing and are very unstable. God's word is absolute truth and consistent. Amen. And we can rely on it because he is the solid rock in which we are called to stand. And so it's stupidity to reach out and to embrace the things of the world that are new because they're new. This is new. This is cool. You've seen that amongst our youth, where it's, it's cool to commit suicide, it's cool to be transgender, it's, it's cool to be gay or, or queer or whatever. It's cool because it's a thing that's happening now. People are looking for substance, identity, but substance that's real and lasting and true is God. God in our heart, God in our lives, living for him. In Israel, Baal became the new main god. Baal was the god of rain and fertility. The worship of Baal involved burning infants alive on the altar. How did God deal? How did God deal with these Baal worshippers in Israel's history? Now, this is back up. Are we offering babies to Baal? Yes. Abortion. It may not be bail, as we call it or recognize, but it is abortion for the sake of self. We're idolizing our own self, our own needs, our own purposes instead of the life of that child. When it comes to the fact that that a child in some states can be aborted after it's born, contradictive. I mean, it's, how do you... The doctor and the mother can make a choice at the birth of the child. When the child is born, laying there in front of you, whether you want to kill it or let it live. Absolutely insane. Insane. Doesn't come from God, it comes from hell. Right? Absolutely. The great deceiver is Satan. And so, how did did God deal with these Baal worshippers that offered their babies to the sun god, Moloch, where they burned alive in front of them. God brought drought. You know, we can look at our culture, we can look at the things that are happening naturally in the world around us, and I don't think it's foolish for us to say, you know, that is God's discipline, not his blessing. We see dirt fields instead of flourishing fields in California. We see drought and all these different things, and we're one of the primary states that uphold the farthest left of ideology, and you and I as Christians are called to stand right. Now, I didn't mean to make this political, but I guess I had a little license. It's the 4th of July. We're talking about our country, right? And, you need and you don't excuse me? That That's, right. that. That's right. We don't need it. That's right. Uh, there was a man that, uh, I forgot his name, that uh, we were watching last night. That was a 1777. And he was a preacher, and uh, he had his priestly robes on. And uh, so he's preaching, said Ecclesiastes says there's a time for war and there's a time for peace. He says now's the time to fight. And he disrobed his priestly garment, and he was in his uniform. And the men in the church kissed their wives as he walked out the door, and they all walked out the door to go fight for our country there's a time for war and peace there's a time for grace and love But you and I have to realize we're in a war of standing up for God in the midst of idolatry and we need to pray that God will give us the courage to stand and to be his people and so Our true God proved the false God, Baal, to be false. Remember how? One of my favorite stories in the Old Testament. Elijah on Mount Carmel. I love that story because God just said, looky here. And just to give you a quick synopsis of that, if you don't know it, the Baal worshipers and their priests and all that, uh, Elijah says, okay, this is my God, this is your God, this put this to the test. I'm gonna make an altar to my God, you make an altar to your God, and you call upon your God to take your offering on your altar. And all day they cried out and they lanced themselves and beat themselves up and cried out to God and Elijah says, I love it. What's the matter with your God? Is he in the bathroom? <laughs> That's basically what he said. And so so then he says, now I want you to look at my God. And so instead of just pouring, they had to pour water over their offering, and there was a trough around that was built, so it puddled. And so the daylight, daylights, if you will, were, did that. They their offering, poured water all over it, whatever. Called to their God. Did, their God was in the bathroom. And Elijah poured water after water after water. I think it was three times. And then he called to God one time. God, show them where you, who you are. Sha so, boom! <laughs> it lapped up the offering, the altar, the water, the stones around. There was just dust. And do you know what the end result was? The people re- fell down and repented your God. See, that's, that's the power that we need to pray, that God will show himself as God. Not just in our lives, but in our nation. The Israelites embraced every evil act as they embraced their false gods. We're doing the same here in America today. Our movie and TV screens, no big highlight news. We know that's influential. But movie and TV screens are now filled with that which was forbidden. Even our commercials have crossed the line. It's terrible. Okay? Okay. And our governments, schools, music, culture, and corporations are following suit. We sacrifice our children to ungodly teachings, to gender mutilations, sexual perversions, and abortion. So we're in a bad place. But remember what I said. The odds that are stacked against us, like the odds that were stacked against the patriots that, that, that birthed our nation, are still not odds that God doesn't have supreme authority over. God can can give the victory even if we see that the odds and realities are not uh, in our favor. But God is in our favor, amen? Mm-hmm. God is in our favor, so don't give up. The nation's institutions, having been emptied of God, are being filled with evil spirits like Jesus warned. <clears throat> Anytime anything is grasped, whether it be that stupid statue that was made or Uh, uh, The moral garbage that's going on. Where does that come from? Does it come from God? Absolutely not. Who's it come from? Satan, the deceiver, right? That's what he's doing. He has been deceiving. Those are evil spirits. Satan's in charge of his gang, and they're going to put forth everything they can to convince those that have rebelled against God to accept principles and beliefs that are in direct contradiction to God and say they're good and that's absurd. Our modern culture having turned from God is now marked by the same signs that once marked the, the ancient pagan world purposelessness, emptiness and hopelessness. People looking for fulfillment by changing their sex looking for fulfillment by, by whatever that's opposing God, they're just gonna hit the brick wall. They're gonna say, it still didn't meet this heart need. And in the meantime, they're just so deceived and so confused, but God, God is not an author of confusion. God is, God is, is um, uh, clear, bold, and sure in what he tells us. And most of all, he's holy and righteous. And we have that to praise God for. We have an opportunity to share hope and purpose to those that are looking for it through faith in Christ. As you and I live out our faith and are bold as Christians and stand on truth, let God use you that way to influence somebody as he calls you to stand. That man at that theater may have gone home and went to his wife and said, guess what happened? You know what I'm saying? We don't know the ripple of of the effect like throwing a stone into a pond. We don't know how many rings go out. We don't know how far-fetching it is. So, So if we think to ourselves, well, that little act doesn't make a difference. No. We need to remember that our acts of faith and boldness in Christ, out of love for Christ and love for people that are in destitute, dire straits because of their choices our step our little actions really have ramifications that are bigger than what we realize and I believe that in heaven that the ramifications ramifications of our faith and action will be uh, uh, revealed to us and on how it affected others I think that's part of our reward in heaven is seeing our faithfulness and what it what it did how it honored God while the world calls the people of America to turn to online psychologists, apps, and emergency helplines, we have the better answer to give them, right, for their situation. Can't sleep at night? You know, scripture says if we have a clear conscience before God, we can sleep. If we've given our dilemma to God and truly let go of it, we can sleep. That's a challenge for all of us. So, if you're wrestling and can't sleep, pray. <laughs> give it to God. Talk to God. Let God give you that peace. And He will. The answer to purpos- purposelessness, emptiness, and hopelessness is Yeshua or Jesus. And why do I say Yeshua? In Hebrew, Yeshua means the Lord is salvation. People are lost. People are going in a direction that they don't understand. People, again, without hope and without real purpose. I mean, you and I, think about it. You and I as believers in Christ have purpose that is not only for here, but that affects eternity. Not just for us, but for one another. You and I have eternal purpose. We're not going to get to the end of the road of our life and go, what was that all about? If we've been following Jesus faithfully, we know we've spent our life serving God, and God honors that eternally. And we're to be that kind of people. Jesus, as our true God, was unique among the world's gods in every way. Think of this. He did not walk in mystical realms, but in the flesh and blood realm. Right? You can see him, you can touch him. His message centered on a radical love. Love for people that no matter what they've done, they can come to God through Jesus. Because Satan will convince people, you've blown it so badly, God hates you. And nothing could be further from the truth. God loves them. The people who have turned to false gods and are tired, burdened, and need relief from their struggles need to consider what Jesus said in Matthew eleven twenty-eight 28-30. Come to me all you who labor and are heavy laden and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me for I am gentle and lowly in heart and you will find rest for your souls for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. That verse, those passages are not strictly for the believer that's been working hard for God that needs rest from time to time. It's for people that your burden, God wants to lift it off of you. God God wants to lift it off of you. When Jesus said, when the scripture says that Jesus became sin for us, I want you to think about something and chew on it for a little bit. I'm almost done with this message. He not only took the payment for our sin, but our sin was placed on him, and God looks at us now as those that never sinned. Because that sin was transferred to Jesus. And Jesus took the the punishment as he now has our sin on him, saying he committed those sins. That's a a mind-boggling thought. But look how clean God sees us because of Jesus. Not just forgiven but he doesn't even see those things because as far as he's concerned, they've never done them. They were taken off of us and transferred and put on Jesus. What a, what, a, what a hope. And a hope is a promise. What a joy. What a relationship. We have that in Christ Jesus and people need to know that. Jesus frees us and takes the burden of this life off our shoulders and gives us hope and all of us already all of us who are ready excuse me all of us who already believe need to give this answer to those who are lost and without hope and worshiping the world's false gods god performed a great miracle confirming who he was on mount, on mount carmel and the people recognized him again as the true god God can work in such powerful ways in our country and in individual lives to reveal himself to them that people will step back and say that's God. Have you ever seen someone that was healed all odds against them and you know that was a miracle. God did that. And so I have. I've seen it many times. Flo Schreiner cancer after cancer and go back in there to look for the tumor the tumors are gone i've seen, i've heard that with children that have had cancer tumors and whatever the doctors go in to do check on what's going on and they're gone so god does miracles that that turns people's hearts to him that brings them to a place that says you are god and i'm going to yield to you in first kings 18 38 through 40 last three verses then the fire of the Lord fell and consumed the burnt sacrifice and the wood and the stones and the dust and it licked up the water that was in the trench. Now when all the people saw it, they fell on their faces and they said, The Lord, he is God. The Lord, he is God. And Elijah said to them, Seize the prophets of Baal. Do not let one of them escape. So they seized them and Elijah brought them down to the brook of Kishon and executed them there. They Those priests of Baal didn't look to God and honor him they didn't repent and the, and the end result is destruction we can see that physically but there's, a, there's an eternal destruction for those that will refuse to acknowledge who God is and receive him in their life but it's never too late as we as individuals or we as a nation can return to God and take this nation for God and God is moving God is moving in our nation, and I praise God for that because that's my hope is in God, and the, the and then seeing God's hand move in different ways already in our nation, in our media, we're seeing it more. So it starts with us sharing our true God of hope with others, like Elijah went before Baal worshipers and revealed God to them. Sometimes God will call us to step into the pit of evil, and say, now stand for me. That's what Elijah did. And we need to remember that if God calls us to stand, it may not be in a pit of evil, but it might be in a moment of courage. You need to speak for me right here. It could be just a little bit, but you need to acknowledge me right here. And we don't know the effects of that and how far that reaches out. So we must exchange these false gods for our one true God. Amen? Guard ourselves against the false gods. Stand for the true God. Be witnesses for God who is true. Give hope to those that are lost. And continue to pray for and stand up for our country as a people under God.